Welcome to Ridge to Ridge Outdoors podcast. We talk hunting, fishing, camping, and everything in between. Ridge to Ridge Outdoors is based out of Temecula, California, and we want to share the knowledge gained through the ups and downs of Southern California hunting. Through this podcast, we hope to inspire the youth to get outdoors, help fellow hunters find success, and bring awareness to the issues facing our community today. Help us spread the word and get our community on the map for the level of skill and determination it takes our outdoors men and women to get it done in Southern California. All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. We have a very, very special podcast today, very special episode. It's actually our first episode not in Brandon's spare bedroom. We're actually at the corporate office of our sponsor, Victory Archery, the Carbonero experts. Uh, and we're here with Devin. Brandon, take us away. Devin. This is pretty amazing, man. You gave us a tour of the office. It's pretty sick, dude. It 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 it's uh it kind of reminds me of uh like when people go down that YouTube rabbit hole and they start looking at all the other outdoor companies and their office environment. It's really sweet, man. Uh outside of that, man, how you doing? I'm good, man. Yeah. Uh thanks for coming in. You guys are definitely I think the most legit sophisticated equipment everything dialed in podcast I've been on yet. So, uh, I'm, I'm excited, man. I'm, I'm very pleasantly surprised and, uh, yeah, it's great to have you guys here and I'll have to give you the, the full, full tour after we wrap up and show you our shooting lane. And we've got some couple, couple, couple cool things here. You know, you right can on. get about 60, 70 yards in the, in the parking lot after everybody goes home. That's sweet, man. You're able to do that you know, after hours or whatnot, but Hey man, listen, dude, for the listeners, tell us a little bit about yourself, man. What do you do for this company? And just kind of give us the rundown. Yeah. So I'm, uh, the marketing and graphics manager for victory archery. And I've been with the company for about two and a half years. I started out in uh, sales and marketing role and, you know, I actually got my start working at a local bow shop in San Diego performance archery. And they, um, you know, I had some marketing background uh, after going to school in Santa Barbara and, but I ended up working there just cause I love archery and kind of, like you said, went fully down the rabbit hole and just wanted to learn all about how bows work and the arrows tune and how to build them and repair them and just be completely self-sufficient in the field. So I did that for a couple years, applied to victory and, uh, got a job here and, you know, just kind of started out doing some marketing stuff and eventually uh, worked my way into this position. So I do the graphic design, all the boxes, all the arrow labels, website, videos, social media, all that stuff. Dang. So you got your fingers or you got, you got your hands into everything pretty much and you're a hunter as well. So that's perfect. Absolutely. That, that's pretty wild, man. Speaking of hunting, man. So for, for everybody listening real quick, I actually, on a whim, like because I shoot victory, like because I shoot the VAP elites, I me and Patrick been doing this podcast and, and we, we, I actually, when we first started this podcast, I didn't know like the legalities of us being like, Oh, we use these products. I mean, everybody says this and that, Oh, we use this, we use that, we use this, but I didn't know the legalities of it. So I guess where I'm getting at with this is that I actually reached out to Devin on a whim and just struck up a conversation with them and, and man, they took a chance on us and, and it worked out great. But, uh, you know, Getting back to the hunting, we kind of just tore off off topic. <laughs> I, it's super cool being in here. Anyways, uh, getting back to the hunting topic, through our through our connection that we have, man, you sent me a picture of an antelope, dude. You got it done this year already. 
first one yep i mean i'm and i guess in the grand scheme of things i'm pretty pretty new to it all really i mean i've only been hunting for about five or six years and um pretty much strictly bow hunting i've been, I've been spearfishing for 10 or 12 probably That's right. but uh yeah i got into that when i was going to school in uc santa barbara and you know i've been fishing my whole life but no one in my family's ever hunted so that was um something that i was always interested in but you know never got the, the opportunity and just really never yeah i was able to go out so my wife and i she was my girlfriend at the time we got stranded in uh pennsylvania during hurricane sandy and oh, ended wow. up looking in her basement just for stuff to do because we missed our flight and i uh, found some bows and started shooting pumpkins and i was just oh like oh my god <laughs> hooked, hooked ever since <laughs> wouldn't uh, wouldn't oregon story to say the least <laughs> holy cow <laughs> that's pretty cool yeah so you know like and uh a really close family friend gave me a bow uh i'm an old matthews and uh, i was just totally hooked and you know started chasing deer in our local mountains here and um you know, ever since then, uh, I see you looking at, at, at my bow over yeah. there. That, that's not the one that's, that's one I finally ended up, uh, breaking down and buying. That's a, a newer, n- newer Matthews. But the one I started was a, a Z max gotcha. made in 1998. And yep. that, I mean, dinosaur, a dinosaur, but it <laughs> God, I love it. Like it just stays in tune. And, uh, yep. you know, for when I bought that new bow, I actually shot the Z max for a few months after I bought the new bow. Cause I was convinced that the Z max was better. Really? I was convinced I just shot it better. Right. It and would then just fit in your hand. Perfect. It fit better. And yeah. I was comfortable with it. And that's something that people I think overlook is time with a bow and, and what you're comfortable with is oh, yeah. so key because I could shoot on 20 at 20 yards. I could outshoot that, that Halon with the Z max for the first two months. Easy. Oh, wow. And then I finally got comfortable with the Halon and I realized like, okay, here we go. You yeah. know, now I'm, now I'm used to the weight and everything and I'm dialed in. And then I started obviously really improving from where I was. And yeah, that's pretty intense. I, it's crazy how you do that. You know, you actually, you start out like my first bow was a Fred bear charge. Like I still have it today, man. I could shoot that thing lights out. Like it just, it, it's like, uh, I don't know. It's like riding a bike. It's super cool. And, um, I, I guess totally see how you do that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I guess, sorry, I'm, I'm going to go off on plenty of tangents hey, man, too, you know, fine, that's, man. but, uh, yeah, I got, I got, uh, antelope this year. I went to Wyoming and that was my first out of, well, actually, no, it wasn't my first out of state hunting experience. New York was my first out of state hunt, but, uh, this was my first time ever hunting antelope and it was like uh, an eye opener for me. I didn't really know what to expect. It kind of has changed the way my deer season is, you know, my perspective on deer season. Cause when I was out there, I saw like, almost a hundred antelope a day. It felt mm-hmm. like you know, not all in places you can hunt, just driving to and from, yeah. yep. but there's so many antelope out there and there's just so much space. And, uh, you know, deer season here opened a few weeks ago and I, I think I've seen like one deer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. It's so embarrassing. The state of California it's deer wild. population is ridiculous. We've, we've tore off on tangents about this. Um, we, the bio, the local biologist will tell you, yeah, the herd's intact and it's stable and, and this and that. And it, it's, BS. You go out of state and you actually see what like states are, the game populations are supposed to be, you know? Yeah, exactly. And and I was just, uh, I was just up in San Francisco last weekend. So part of the reason why I haven't seen more deer, I guess, is also, I've only been out hunting a few times, but, but that really wouldn't change too much anyway. I mean, like you said that it's tough, but I was up 
in uh, north of San Francisco in this uh, spot. It's like a really awesome hike. It's in a Thule Elk Preserve. Oh, yeah. And there's just like, I mean, we saw six or seven coyotes. We saw a bunch of deer. We probably saw a hundred elk. And uh, I had never, I have very limited experience with elk as far as seeing them, hunting them, any of that stuff. So I ended up just taking a piece of grass. You're taking a piece of grass between your fingers and blow through yeah, it. And yeah. Get the, yeah. And, and so I was like, oh, I wonder if I can, cause there's a big, like a nice herd of them, you know, hundred, 200 yards away. And we were sitting eating lunch and I was like, I wonder if I can call these things in. Oh, man. oh so my I, gosh. I started blowing through the grass, trying to imitate a bull, right. you know, right. And didn't sound anything like a bull elk, but it kind of sounded like a calf, mm-hmm. you know, like in yeah. distress. Yeah. Like, yeah. And sure as shit, these, all of them got up. The, the cows especially just stood up and took off like beeline straight for me. And they came into 30 yards. Oh, wow. From, oh, my from 200. And this bull was behind them. Like, we might need to omit that piece of information. That might be something that we keep on our tool belt. I, I know. Yeah, business. exactly. Uh, <laughs> maybe not. Yeah. Hey, that's funny, man. It, you know, that's, uh, it's funny you say that happens because that'll actually happen with does all the time. Like in our local mountains, uh, we got a, we got a good buddy. Anyways, we got a good buddy, and he blows a distress call to get does to come in, and it works. Yeah, it works every time, man. That that one we're definitely gonna have to admit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's cool, but that's awesome, man. Yeah. So um, I don't know. I don't know where I was. I was going on. Well, you're just kind of local deer population, yeah. just hunting in general. It's it is amazing when you go out of state, but I always say. Uh, if you're going to try and get into bow hunting in San Diego, I mean, you're cutting your teeth in probably one of the hardest places and you're ultimately going to turn into a really good hunter. That's my perspective, right? If you can, if you can cut your teeth in Southern California or California in general, cut your teeth in it and find success, you go out of state and you can find success. Like you will find success out of state. Um, it I, like for example i went to utah i went to a, a site of a unit i'd never been i'd never elk hunted before in my life and i literally the determination it takes to get it down in san diego in san diego i took that level of determination and, and that grit and i didn't quit and ultimately i did get a shot off it didn't work out in my favor but you know someone with less determination and and less trials that they've been through in our local mountains down here would have possibly thrown in the towel seven days into it eight days into it i mean we got almost 50 miles on our boots in eight days and and we weren't necessarily beating brush it's just what it took to get into the elk yeah absolutely so if you can get it done out here or cut your teeth out here when you go out of state you you're that much of a better hunter out of state and it's just more i mean I don't want to say more fun, but it's, it's always nice to see animals. So, I mean, the experience for me going out of state and just, it was like I was in hunting wonderland or something. I just, you know, I was just antelope everywhere and and I was getting all these opportunities, but I I only had a doe tag on the the zone that I drew. So, you know, without fail every day, here's these just absolutely trophy bucks walking you know, 10, 15 yards Man, in front of me. And I'm like, tag. Yeah, yeah, taking these videos, yeah. sending it to my yeah. friends. Like, you will never believe this. Like, like, oh, my God. And then the does, of course, are just real cagey, and they're, yep. they're set up, you know, 100 yards away. I had a few 70, 80-yard looks, and I was like, ah, you know, I don't I don't really feel comfortable there. I'm going to try to get closer. And 
And so I did, uh, I had two tags. I filled one and, uh, I was, I was super stoked and that's actually, that's like the best, I mean, to date from what I've killed and I haven't killed that much stuff, but that's definitely one of my top meats ever. I mean, it's, it's so tender and I think how you prepare it and yeah, I was going to say, did you get it on ice right away? Right away. It was like, I was hunting with a buddy out there and we were, we both said, okay, if anyone shoots anything, just immediately stop what you're stop doing. the hunt. Yep. We're going to get that thing on ice. We're going to get, you know, That's quartered awesome. skin off. And so worked we, out well, we did. It worked out great. And yeah, it's, it's real. Uh, the meat is fantastic. How did that end up going down? Were you sitting in water or like what, what, you know? Yeah. So, um, we were hunting some land that was, he had like a small parcel of private that he shared with about six other guys that backed up to BLM. Yeah. Oh, that's perfect. That's bad at. Yeah. And so you could, you know, it's public land. Anyone can go there, but to get to where we were, you'd have to go pretty far out and around. Right. Uh, so there was very little pressure. We only saw one or two other hunters the whole time we were there. And I was spotting and stalking the first three days and I got, like I said, I got in on the bucks, like no problem. Um, and I was stoked on that. I had one stock on a doe that I blew at the last minute, like I lost her and I was climbing up over this berm and then couldn't see where she was. And I finally picked my head up and she was, she had heard me rustling and was like, we kind of came up 10 yards away from each other, like yeah, scared oh. each other. Like, <laughs> right, oh. <laughs> right, right. got a little startled. Yeah. Surprise. Yeah. That's so awesome. that was, that was my only real look there. And then day four, I was like, okay, we're, we're running out of time. So I sat water and ended up having a ton of cows come in. I like just made a moo cows, moo cows. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Um, Cause it's, you know, just BLM grazing yeah. land. A lot of people use it. And I had just made a brushed in blind and these cows, they just came in so close. I mean like two yards from me oh, and man. I'm sitting in this blind and I'm just, you know, and I'm, there's just sagebrush and stuff. I just dug out a little bit in the sand. Right. And I'm like, okay, at what point do I move? You know, or what, yeah. what point do I let them know I'm here? And so he got about, two yards away from me and i was like i'm about to get trampled yeah, yeah exactly come through your sage yeah so there was just some dirt claws it's probably like dried up cow poo really and i just grabbed a couple bricks of it and just whacked this cow right in the head in front of me and he kind of looked up like he's like what was that <laughs> yeah and just had no idea you know like yeah what, what hit me and then they all got spooky and so they ended up kind of lining up and alerting that i was there and then of course a doe came into the water while they're all mooing and lined up and looking at me and she didn't have a care in the world, but I had about like a six inch or less clearing over their backs to shoot. And I was like, I'm not doing that. Like (laughs) if I shoot a cow here, I'm going to be, yeah, I'm not going to be invited back. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I didn't get any shot that day. The next day I had an actual ground blind that I set up and the cows were licking it. They were sticking their head in the blind. They Mm -hmm. couldn't see me. Um, eventually they, went off, did their own thing. And I got a, got an opportunity and did, got a double lung and, uh, shooting the rip TKOs. So that's a did, great arrow. I use that now too. Yeah. Yeah. did the job and, uh, you know, got a, it's an antelope. It's not, not too tough, but I got yeah. a pass through, went, uh, in through lungs and then went out through the front shoulder. It was pretty nuts too. Cause she went, they all, there was a big group. They went about 50 yards, stopped, looked around, tried to figure out what happened. Most of them started feeding again. She started feeding again. Whoa. Put her head down, took a couple bites, and then stumbled, laid down. And I'm just watching this like, whoa, this is is insane, right? Yeah. She laid down, and then the rest of them were like, 
what's wrong with you? Yeah. And they took off and she tried to get up and go, but it was, it was Too done. Late. She tried to get up yep. and just crashed. Just crashed right there. It was just like phenomenal experience for me. I was obviously super, you know, thankful, grateful, just yeah. excited, all, all the emotions. Well, when you sent me that picture, I was like, that's pretty sweet. You know, yeah. you're so happy, big old smile on your face. That's yeah. rad, man. I think it's cool, man. You go out of state and you get it done on your, your first antelope hunt. That's awesome, man. Plus you got meat you bring back and your wife and you enjoy it. Maybe you pass it out to friends, whatever, you know, that's what it's all about, man. Had a great time, huh? It is. Yeah. The wife, the only, the only complaint she had was she wasn't invited. Well, it, it is what it is, man. Yeah. So we're, I, <laughs> we're speaking before the podcast. How, how did you get your wife into hunting? She, she probably got me into it. <laughs> well, I mean. It's kind of both, but she will definitely say that she got me into it. And I think she's right because her dad was a really big bow hunter yep. and, um, she grew up in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Right. So, um, you know, we, it was her bows that we were using mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, right off the back of her, her bows and her dad's. And so when I got a bow from our family friend, you know, I started hunting a little bit before her, but. I think she just wanted to be really comfortable and, and make sure that she was going to be able to take an ethical shot. So she started technically hunting with a license a little bit after me, but we really got into it at the same time. And, gotcha. and she's just like, you know, she'll sit in the tree stand for hours and hours oh, and wow. hours in the snow and the yeah. rain. And I'm right. like, are you sure you don't want to go in? I'm freezing. And she's like, <laughs> no, don't get down yet. Yeah. Just a little longer. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's she, sweet. She got two deer last year, uh, killed, uh, a doe on Mount Laguna, like second weekend. Oh man, that's perfect. Yeah, just dropped her in 30 yards and then shot a really nice buck uh, in upstate New York. Rad. And got a double lung pass through. She's shooting 42 pounds. Right. She's shooting oh, a vap. Man. Hit the, yep. That pass through. That's my arrow. Blood everywhere. Mm. I mean, it was like someone took a bucket and just. And it dropped 30 yards from her tree stand. Oh, yeah. I'm like, holy cow, every deer you shoot falls right in yeah. front of you. This I is know. insane. It's awesome. 42 pounds. 42 pound draw weight. Yeah. She, so man, I mean, she's got, but you know what? Ted Nugent shoots like 40 pounds too. And yeah. he gets passed through every time almost. Yeah, and people say you have to shoot 80 pounds nah. and whatnot. And I, I, if you want to shoot it, Hey, more power to, t- yeah. to you. And you know, you're going to get a ton of momentum and that's yeah. great. But the right setup, the right broadhead, the right arrow, Does all she, that stuff, the right well-placed shot. Yeah. Yep. See that just, that ties right into the old, the old antage. Like, you know, it's, it's, not the speed it's the weight of the arrow you know like kinetic energy i'm yep. sure you guys have our arrows pretty dialed yeah yeah she's uh she's shooting a vap uh and she's got the 50 grain outsert on there mm-hmm. and that really helps and it's just you know the combination of the small diameter with the larger outsert the weight up front she's shooting just 100 grain broadhead because you know at 42 pounds it's that balance between sweet speed and weight you don't right. want so much weight that you know you're you're lobbing them and you're yeah. you're pin gapping so huge that you're just gonna miss because you're misjudging the distance mm-hmm. but obviously the more weight the better i think yeah. uh you know as, as flat as you can get that arrow to fly with as much weight as you can it's really gonna be it's gonna have that momentum so let's say you do have a shot that doesn't go as you plan or the deer jumps or turns and now your shoulders in the way or right. the shoulders in the way um you're gonna have that that power and that punch to get through the shoulder which is really you know could make the difference between wounding one and and getting into the diaphragm and you're right you're absolutely right and i i almost before i went to utah i almost changed up my arrow setup because i shoot the vaps but i just used the stock outsert you know i think what is that that's like 13 grains 
35. Thir- okay, it's 35. I almost put in the 50 grain outserts specifically for that because I shoot 100 grain uh, broadhead, you know, either a Rage no collar or the Sever 2.0 um, with 100 grains, you know, but I shoot a full length arrow because I got like a 30. Yeah, you got a long, I got a long you got, Yeah, so I use a full shaft, right? But I think the entire arrow is like 420 grains, and I wish I would have had a little bit more, right? Because when I did hit her in the shoulder, it went through one shoulder and I just nicked the top of the lung. But I want it, I wish it would have got deeper. Yeah, and it's, I mean, I shoot, I think my arrow setup's about 460 or 470. I, I jump back and forth between a lot of different things. I'm, you know, I'll, I'll go 125 or 100 grains or play around with light and knocks or different fletching combinations just because um i can and i'm lucky to be able right. to do that yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. it's part of the fun you know yeah, absolutely so speaking of that what's what's your breakdown right now what arrows do you have in your quiver you said you had the uh, rib tkos with yep what broadhead so i i play around with a lot of different broadheads too uh right now i'm shooting the rip tko and i've got the grim reaper micro hades i got a three and a four blade I can't tell the difference between the two, so right. I just, you know, have both of those. And um, I've got, what else am I rocking? I've got, you know, some small game heads, usually one of those in there. Right. If I'm, and that that's going to be like my big game animal setup. Mm-hmm. I've shot expandables and I had one situation where I shot and got like no penetration. Oh man, worst and, feeling ever. Yeah. And that was, um, that was, uh. I think it was the whitetail special. So it's a front loading, front deploying expandable with a really large cut. Right. And you know, you, there's just so much drag on that mm-hmm. that I don't know if the broadhead maybe was like kind of gunked up or something too. I mean, I only shoot a new broadhead, but it just seemed weird to me that it didn't, I didn't get more penetration that, that it, you know, I got like one or two inches and right. So I, one think, or two inches yeah yeah and uh and who knows what could have happened but i think everyone probably has a story in their hunting career where they had this or that happen with this type of broadhead or that broadhead and they shot a maybe it was a fixed blade and they got no blood and they lost the deer or they right. shot a mechanical and it didn't open or they didn't get any penetration or whatever it might be so that was my experience and i was like man i just kind of lost confidence so i was like all right i'm going fixed and uh a well-tuned bow you know i i'm really really like scientific and careful about how i tune my equipment and i just go get it super tuned as best as i can and shoot broadheads at 60 yards and so if i can get the fixed blades to shoot and group with the field points at 60 then i'm like okay i'm doing it right yeah If, if i ever run into the situation where i couldn't then i'd probably be more inclined to shoot a mechanical right i'll just tell you right now man um the difference between a rage no collar and that sever that I was shooting, it looks like the rage wouldn't fly as well because there's a lot that's kind of like hanging off the tip of that thing, right? You got both blades and they're kind of swept back. Like the sever just has two like little arms that come out, maybe a quarter inch on each side, and you can actually throw the locking screw in it, and that thing shoots exactly like a field tip. But so does the rage no collar, but. It, Anyways, I guess what I'm getting at is the fixed or the the expandable broadheads between the Sever and the Rage. Man, they I don't know what flies better. You know, it, right. it's just I don't. It's 
I'm not. It's gonna, crazy. I, I mean, and, and there's so much. Uh, there's so much technology that goes into all this stuff, and so I think there's you know as far as broadhead goes, broadheads go. I don't. I don't really have. I'm not like a loyal to one type of brand or. Right. I've tried several and I've had luck with several. So, a lot of the a lot of it comes down to sometimes people will be like, "Hey, here's like a pack of broadheads or something." You know, I've gotten yeah. some for Christmas before, and I'm like. Yeah. Well, that might looks kind of cool. Like, yeah. Might as well try that. Try you know, as long out. as as long as it's not something that I feel like isn't going to be ethical or whatever. I always right. do my homework, but yeah, I mean, so so that's kind of what I'm setting in, setting up with my arrows and I'm running. Right now, I've actually got a three inch vein on there, which I don't really know if that gives me any more performance than a two right. inch vein. But I had a bunch to play around with, and they shoot my broadheads so well, and I'm not too worried about the weight on the back or the FOC cause I've right. got plenty of weight forward. Mm-hmm. So I've been really happy with it. I mean, they shoot like darts and I've got three white veins, which works for here. So I can see the blood really well. And there's really mm-hmm. good contrast. If I was hunting late season yeah, or someone with a lot of snow, I definitely would not change run it. those yeah. veins. Yeah. You change it up pretty <laughs> yeah. quick. I was looking at that going, eh, well, yeah, it's <laughs> fantastic for early season yeah. because the white sticks out so well and exactly. especially for seeing blood and everything but mm-hmm. no late season once there's snow on the ground yeah those are those are coming off is the height of those of those veins right there the three inch are those the same as the standard blazers that come yeah i think they're they're almost the same they might just be a hair under i think they're like 0.4 okay because patrick you have some tkos that you were messing around with and you actually put like what were those small ones man they were only like a half inch or something like i come from the same kind of field of thinking that you do where it's just like hey i got plenty of time and i don't really have anything else to do so let's mess around with a bunch of different uh shafts and uh um you know field field tip weights and everything like that so i don't know i think it was i think they were made by aae or something like that um or they're nitros i can't i can't remember either way did you see a difference in flight honestly it was just kind of what uh devin was saying was you know it was about confidence. You know, when you see a group, you see a group, whether right. it's, you know, the tuning on your bow or whatever it is, you tune it to the best you can. And then really it's up to confidence. If you can dial out as much of that human error as possible or that mechanical error, you know, you're going to shoot that bow more confidently versus, you know, if, if I have a taller vein, you know, I'm going to worry about rest contact. Like that's because that's, I've had that problem. Right. You just have like, had rest contact issues. We're just like, Oh man. And then all of a sudden I have no confidence in, in that set. Right. But, and the rest contact stuff. So tough too, because it's really hard to know. Yeah. And there's a few tricks you can do to test, but a lot of times people have bad rest contact issues and they never know it. Yeah. They yep. don't know until a pro looks at it and goes, look at this mark on your rest. <laughs> yeah. And they go, Oh yeah, you're right. You know, you've been rest contacting the whole time. You know? Yeah. And then like, but once you fix it, yeah, you're like, is that mark from before <laughs> or <laughs> yeah, am I still exactly. getting contact or, yeah. you know, like a lot of people use, um, you know, like flour or some sort mm-hmm. of like powder or something right. you put on there and you can see if it strikes through. I, I just, I'll tell you right now, the, the VAP elites, with the two inch veins, that's my go-to. I don't change it at all. I, I straight out of the box, throw it in my bow and shoot it. Never had an issue at all. And I shoot a single pin uh, Trophy Ridge React 1 Pro. So it's on the dial, right? So, yep. I mean, I can drop that thing to 100 yards and I still don't have contact. So if it ain't broke, I'm not fixing it. And, yeah, and exactly. those arrows straight out of the boxes, I don't have any issues with them at all. And uh, I mean, obviously every once in a while you lose a fletching, right? So you always refletch. Right, right. I have experimented with like a helicoil, like a helicoil on them. Mm-hmm. 
and they fly great. Well, they even come out of the box with a helical. It's like a one degree, isn't it? It's a two and a half. A two and a half. Yeah. So what are what's that that I, can, I always mess this word the Burtzenberger? Bits Bitsenberger. Yeah. yeah. See, I, it's so hard for me to say that yeah, word. But John from JP Outdoors, he has that one in his shop, mm-hmm. and it's like an aggressive helicoil. Yeah. Or a and, helical. And that's yeah, that's those the nice thing about those jigs, and you can customize it so you can you can get like a five degree if you want. Right. Um, but we actually use the Bitsenberger in production. Uh, for victory, we hand oh, really? fletch all of our arrows. Holy cow! Which most people don't know. I that mean, was one of the questions I was going to ask you, man. Most companies don't do it. I mean, I don't. I can't really speak for what everyone does, but I know a lot of companies do not hand fletch. Right. And it really shows because when you when you really care about your equipment, you're going to do it yourself to make yeah. sure it's done right. And we have these really really tight QC standards that we follow for for fletching, and so. All of our hunting arrows, anything that comes fletched, you know, with the exception of our, our youth arrows, right, are going to be with that two inch vein, and um, it's going to have a two and a half degree helical, and it's going to be all hand fletched with the Bitsenberger. We use our own, we have our own proprietary glue that we use for inserts and fletching. So it's just like eliminating all the possible variables of where things can go wrong, right. And uh, just having that control, right? So making sure, like you said, you get a box of arrows, you pull them out. Every one is going to be the same. Consistency. Consistency. And then one step further that a lot of people don't realize is that if you look at a box of arrows, like we have some over there in the corner, on the UPC sticker, you'll see a number that says, like, let's say it says 276 grains. That's the batch weight of your arrows. So if you want to go even one step further, you can actually request from your dealer or, you know, when you're buying the arrows, I want to get this batch. So everything is going to be within the dozen that you buy within a half a grain. Right. But dozen to dozen, there's going to be a small variance, which is your batches, which is industry standard. Everyone's going to have that. Right. So what we do is we write the actual, we weigh them and we write the actual batch weight on the box. So if you get a 276, when you go to buy new arrows, you can say, hey, I want to match the batch weight. Oh, and your okay. dealer gotcha. can look and say, hey, I've got 276, I've got you know 277, are you cool with that? And believe me, like a few grains, you're, you're not going to notice a difference. Yeah, I'm I mean, not John pers- Dudley. Personally, yeah, yeah, five grains and yeah, but whatever gives you that confidence, you know, Dude, you exactly. know, it's if, like if, if you're it's one uh, grain, one grain is one grain. Exactly. You know? If yeah. you're OCD like that, for sure. Yeah, yeah but so that's, that's awesome why we that offer, you offer that. that yeah. That's super cool. I I had no idea that you guys did that. I I just always grabbed a box and went, it's ready to go. And they've always shot the same, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, the, I can't notice. Yeah, the variance is very small, batch right. to batch. But um, you know, we want to give people that that option if they want. Like you said, the confidence they want to make sure 100% this is identical. Right. Then we, you know. That's almost like reloading rounds for your gun. Yeah, it yeah. is. You can get real technical with it. And, and you know, some people take pride. You know, they just I'm sure they just go, hey, I just want some shafts. You know, they want to make them themselves. They want to make sure everything is exact. But for dudes like me that just want to, to shoot them into a target and hunt with them and uh, can't see the difference between three and seven grains, like, I, I mean, straight out of the box works great for me. Yeah. And I mean, like when I got into it, I was like, Oh, I love fletching my own arrows, you know, like reloading. It's, 
it's just that control and you're like, oh, this is fun. You know, I'm building them and these are mine and I can customize it. And so I used to love Saturday or whatever. Yeah. Crack a beer, yep. get all my stuff, sit on the couch, yeah. like watch a football game, whatever it was. And like, okay, watch a hunting show and I'm going to just fletch all my stuff, get ready for the year. But now I'm like kind of, I've, I've gone back. <laughs> yeah. I've gone Let's all the way down the process up. Yeah. I've yeah. gone all the way down the rabbit hole and I'm starting mm-hmm. to work my way out the other side where I'm like, I spend so much damn time fletching yeah. arrows mm-hmm. between me and my wife. She's a fantastic shot. So, you know, when we're shooting like the 3d target and we're shooting groups, which we like very rarely ever do, cause it's not really a good idea. You're going to break mm-hmm. arrows. And, but you know, when we're doing 3ds and all this stuff, uh, you lose fletchings and it's common and she just, she loses a ton of fletchings cause she's always stacking them. Oh wow. And so I'm, she's, you know, like constantly there's this like order basket of arrows yeah. for me to fletch. Yeah. Just fletch them up when you got time. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it's exactly. Wild. But I just, uh, now I'm like, oh man, I'm just going to buy them fletch from the box cause they're so good. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm getting to the point where I'm like, I can't fletch any more damn arrows. Like, yeah, exactly. I, you know, I haven't <laughs> had problems with them defletching outside of ever like throwing an arrow through a fletch. Right, right exactly. That's I, the only way they're coming off. Yeah, they don't just pop off. You no. Know? It just, I, I don't know. Listen, the quality of your guys' arrows is top notch, and that's why I've been shooting them. And I I don't deter for them. Or, like, uh, get, I'm not going to get away from them. They, they shoot well. Right on, man. That variation from, hey, one box to another box, it, it shouldn't be there if your quality assurance standards are there. And with Victory, I can, I can guarantee, like, oh, my gosh, dude, my quiver is like the boneyard. I hate to say it like yeah. when you get you get someone like Brandon who shoots a full uh, full length arrow versus me who shoots like a little kid arrow essentially. Um, I just you're probably gonna cringe at this, but I just chop his arrows to my yeah. length and then reuse them when he blows them up. As long as you know, as long as you double check them and make sure there's no yeah, I know, do the flex test and everything flex like that. and and there's no micro cracks or anything. Right. Yeah. you know, I wouldn't, I don't want to <laughs> advertise people right. to do that, but yeah, and you know, and there's a lot of there's a lot of competition in the arrow industry and there's a lot of really good, good brands out there. But I think one thing that does set us apart is that, you know, we're, we're vertically integrated. Like we were kind of talking about before, since we were bought out by Mitsubishi. So we're really, you know, as far as I know, one of the only companies that actually manufactures their own carbon and has complete control of that process from start to finish. So we've got carbon fiber plants all over the U.S. There's, you know, here in San Diego and Sacramento and and distributed all over. And that's what gives us the ability to not only come up with these crazy designs like our new extortion and um, to be able to do really radical, innovative things with the arrows, but also to just have that really, really precise quality control. So I think, you know, it's it's definitely a competitive feature for us and it's something that really shows in the in the product so i mean we're 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 definitely lucky to have that you know parent company that that owns us for sure yeah that's pretty cool that you guys have your hands in the whole process you know hey man real quick uh there was a guy that was i actually had told him hey man we're going down to, to victory shop and and we're gonna have a guy that's gonna be able to answer all the questions he wanted to know if you guys have ever experimented or if you had any plans to throw out a four fletched arrow yeah, that's a great one. I, I've definitely gotten that one before. Definitely experimented with it. I mean, we've experimented with almost everything you can yeah. you can think of because that's a huge part of, you know, look, we, we all hunt. Right. So as a company, we've done things on company time and we've probably done almost every combination you can think of. 
And then individually, all the guys that work here have also probably done almost all those same things yeah. just because, yeah. like I said, we have the ability to do it. We've got all the resources here. So as far as the four fletch goes, we've done a lot of testing and they shoot really well. Right. But they've never beaten our three fletch right. with the two and a half degree helical. And that's why we do it. I mean, that's, you know, we literally picked that exact setup out of all the different combinations, you know, two degree, three degree, four degree, all this stuff. Um, low profile, high profile, four fletch, low pro, four fletch, high right. pro, like so many different combinations. And um, we go with the, the two inch vein and the two and a half tree helical because it shoots broadheads the best. And that's right. our test is a fixed blade broadhead. Right. So, cause that's what it comes down to, right? I mean, that, it, I hear all the time, well, like, you know, my arrow is not paper tuning, but you know, this or that. And I'm like, well, what happens when you shoot broadheads at 60 yards compared to your field points? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, well, they're hitting the exact same spot. Proof's in the pudding. Well, there you go. <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, well, stop messing with it then <laughs> yeah, because exactly. you're done. Yeah, quit <laughs> shooting it through paper. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're done. Like, don't, yeah, don't the, touch it. The paper tuner will, uh, without a doubt, destroy someone's confidence. Oh, I'm holding the bow wrong. I'm torquing. I'm this and that. And then you get your bullet hole perfect and then you're off at 60. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's a, it's a tool, right? It's a good starting yeah, point. It's cool. Um, it, it sometimes, you know, you can definitely have your bow where it's perfectly tuned and it shoots a bullet hole through paper. I mean, right. most of the time that's the case, but there's definitely times when you, you paper tune it, everything's good. You slip, you throw a broadhead on there. You need to make you know, very small rest adjustment, or maybe you need to move the shims on your bow or you right. need to yoke tune or whatever it is. And then the broadheads are shooting lights out and then the paper's off. Yeah. Right. I was like, who cares about the paper? Yeah, yeah. exactly. What well, is there, is there any truth to like, um, so say you take a full, uh, say if you're going to fletch your own arrows, right. And you take a full shaft and you got to cut it to your length. Do you suggest cutting, say you got to take three inches off? Do you suggest taking an inch and a half off the front, an inch and a half off the rear? Or how, you, you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, that's a fantastic question. Um, so when we, it comes to production. So when we make the arrows, we have a laser straightness checker mm-hmm. and we actually check the straightness at three points, knock, point, and the middle of the arrow. Right. So the front, the back, and the middle, we check the straightness. And for it to be an elite, for it to be a V1, it has to be, plus or minus 0.001 at all three of those points. Okay. So then we sort them by, let's say the one side of the arrow was, you know, 0.00 point, you know, like half of a thou. Right. And the other side was, you know, one and a half. So within spec, but one side was better than the other. We'll prioritize that the straighter end becomes the knock. Okay. And the less straight of the two becomes the point. Because you're going to cut. Because most people are going to cut from the front. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. So what I would say is if you're going to, it doesn't hurt to cut from the back. Uh, definitely not. I mean, it's, it can certainly help. I would say if you're going to cut four inches off the shaft, cut one off the back and three off the front. Okay. But personally, I just cut it off the front. Yeah. yeah. It, uh, is So in the Elite Series or the VAP Series, I'm sorry, um, out of the three, the three products that, the VAP is what you have the red game or the green gamer 
and then you have the yellow elite, right? It's the the red sport, the sport green gamer, mm-hmm. yellow elite. Yep. Okay, and that's for all of our arrows. That's mm-hmm. that's how we do, you know, the variation the, between them. Yeah, exactly. Okay, because they're they're all the, it's the exact same arrow. Yeah, same that, production, everything. Exactly. That's what I was gonna say. Is it the same shaft between the series? And same saying, exact arrow. Just okay. your variation between the, right. the plus or minus point oh one versus I think it's point oh four something like three. that. Three, three, and six. Yeah, three and six. Yeah. So then we just lasers. We literally they're all made the same way. They're laser sorted, and then best of the best are the ones right gamers are the threes and that's the worst that they'll be yeah right so i get people all the time are like man check this out like this is supposed to be a gamer or a sport and look it's spinning like a one i'm like well i mean that's like it has to be it can be no worse than that right a lot of times it's better than it's it's advertised and especially and especially when you cut them down so if you're a shorter draw I would definitely recommend going with a gamer at least because you're going to cut three, four inches off that shaft. The run out on carbon arrows is towards the ends. So you cut off all that straightness issue that you had and you've right. got a one now. Now you yeah. got a one. Now it's not guaranteed, but and you're saving pretty some much. money. Too. You're going to save a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're, save, you're saving guys money right there. Yeah. Well that to the listeners, make sure you uh, take note of that. You know, if you got a short draw, go ahead and do that. And I mean, I'll just go ahead and say I've shot ones and threes full length and, you know, I shoot my bow a good bit. I'm definitely no pro, um, but I can't notice a difference between yeah. the ones and the threes. Yeah. You know, that, that's what John from JP outdoors. He says that he, he's been saying that like he shoots the elites, but he's, you know, he's kind of like one of those dudes that says it, but he's like, eh, I'm just going to shoot the elites, you know? But yeah. I mean, he, I'll, I'll hunt with it. I mean, I won't, I won't hunt with the six thousands cause I want the best I can get, right? Yeah, I want the absolutely. most ethical. I want the straightest equipment, but you know, I'll shoot them with broadheads, 60 yards, and those 3,000 straightness are grouping just as good as my ones. So, you know, I'm gonna hunt with them. Well, right? if you, look at this: if you're a Midwest whitetail hunter out of a tree and your longest shot's 30 yards in the absolutely. woods, absolutely, yeah, you sh- shoot the sports. Yeah, why not? Shoot them. Absolutely. You might as well. I mean, you're, you're shooting 30 yards. You know, it's not like you're bombing an arrow out to 80. Especially if you have a a mechanical exactly with a fixed blade you, you you might get a little bit more planing issues or you might get some broadhead steering with the worse you know with an arrow right. that's not quite as straight but you know with a with a mechanical those issues are going to be uh, you yeah, know, diminished yeah, yeah exactly mitigated and um you know i i say that i still say you know you want your equipment as good as you can for bow hunting right. when you're flinging an arrow at an animal you want to try to be as ethical as possible so you got to be realistic with yourself your groups Right. You know, put the time in, shoot them, and evaluate, like, you know, what's my group of the one? What's my group of right. the three? And if they're the exact same, then, yeah, save some money. You know what I mean? Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. I Listen, I, I think it's a great product. The, the, you know, me only shooting the VAP series, right? What's the deal with the extortion? Like, what are your thoughts on it? I want to hear it. It's a badass arrow, man. That's all I can say. Is uh, it? It's, it's cool. I, I really like that arrow. I got to do the official, this is my like very, very small claim to fame, right? Right. This is all I got, but I'm going to, I'm going to show it. So I got to do the official product test for the extortion, which was really just, we had just come out with the arrow and, um, that was one of the first victory arrows I got to do the graphics for. So I was really excited about it and, um, you know, felt this cool connection with the arrow and it's got stainless steel mesh woven into the carbon so it's 
ridiculously strong. It's heavy. It's got a ton of momentum and we needed to test the arrow. So, you know, uh, we went on a product testing trip, which is how we, you know, said to our upper bosses, Hey, we need to take a day off here and head up to central California and go shoot some pigs. Yeah. yeah there you go. <laughs> That's what I like to Make hear. the company pay for that. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, uh, you know, and, and that's like one of the hardest things you can hunt, right? Those, yeah. those pigs can have just an armor plate. Yep. So it's a, it's a true test of the, the arrows durability. And that's what we made it for. It's a hunting arrow. So, uh, you know, it was, it was pretty awesome. We went up to uh central Cal and I blew several opportunities, brought a full quiver, just clean missed my first shot. Never been, uh, pig hunting before I've been pig hunting once, but I didn't, uh, I didn't get a shot. So this was my second time ever pig hunting and clean blew my first shot, tried to get back in on them, stock in on them. There's some guy with an ATV that spooked him off again, got on the same herd a third time, just couldn't quite catch up to him before they had run off onto, you know, private land. Right. So it's just like one of those like comedy of errors. I thought I wasn't going to get a shot. And, um, finally last day we glassed some up big herd and I made the stock in the last, you know, hour of sunlight and it was just a really cool hunt crawled in the last 80 yards or so and got within the the lead pig and uh, i thought it was a boar it was actually turned out to be a sow just a big sow and but definitely the leader of this little herd right and just happened to get a shot and it was funny too because there was a couple smaller pigs that were in front that ended up getting like five ten yards from me and i thought like holy shit they're gonna bust out of here any yeah. second but the sow just, they never saw me and the sow walked by at 20 yards and, um, I put the extortion straight through, boom, clean pass through. And, uh, she ran 40 yards, went and laid down. I crawled in another 20, got another arrow, another pass through. And, uh, both those arrows were perfect. That's what yeah, I'm talking about right tough. there. Yeah. They're, they still spun, uh, perfectly straight. And, uh, that's the beauty of that arrow is that it's got steel instead of aluminum. Right. Oh, wow. Okay. So the steel has a higher yield point than aluminum just by nature, you know, by its characteristic. Right. And so it's, it's just like carbon. It's made as a pre-preg. So they put resin into it in the production process and then that's rolled up with the other plies of resin. So it just made, and it's all made and cured together. So it just makes a really, really strong arrow. Man. Are you sure you're not an engineer? <laughs> I mean, you're throwing around terms. I'm like, huh? Yeah. That's he, cool, man. That's he takes awesome. pride in his yeah, baby. Yeah, he does. Yeah, I, I exactly, think, I think it's awesome you know the process, dude. That's super cool. I, You know what? I I probably won't switch this year just because we're knee-deep in hunting season, you know? But, man, I, I think I might switch to him. Yeah, and there's, you know, there's we're always coming out with new arrows. So, Absolutely. so keep keep an eye out. You know, there's there's always new stuff in the pipeline. Uh, it's hard to, to beat what we have, but... But there's always good stuff coming. So. Yeah, I mean the R and D here, I'm sure is is rocking and rolling, man. Yeah, you know that's that's part of the that's the fun part of the job, right? Is we have a fantastic lineup. We've got pretty much every diameter, every weight that you're looking for. But we're always trying to innovate. That's kind of where we 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 want to find ourselves as a company. Is since we have all the infrastructure and the ability to do so, is to use these different materials and you know we take from literally materials from aerospace we take stuff that the the golf guys are using on the pga tour i mean you saw all the yeah golf offices here so we're constantly sharing technology and that 
you know, the golf guys actually just released uh, a shaft based off of the extortion arrow. Oh, really? Oh, man, that's so sick. Yeah. Probably get some power out of that thing. Yeah, absolutely. And so it's cool because there's give and take, right? That was one that we had developed and that they're using now and then vice versa. We've used tons of their technology in the past. Absolutely. So it's really cool to be able to have that relationship with these guys and to be able to you know, use the technology that they're, I mean, Mitsubishi is a huge company. So yeah, it is. there's yeah. a lot, there's a lot of infrastructure there. Rising tide raises all ships kind of situation. Absolutely. Right. Takes you with it. Yeah, absolutely. That's super cool. So just for the, the listeners out there, uh, let's just go ahead and run through all the arrows you guys. Um, oh my gosh. There's a lot. I, well, you know, cow. the name I do yeah. have, I mean, whatever yeah. you can throw off hand, just tell me what, tell me what they are. You know, I, I hope I, I should be able to answer this. Otherwise. Yeah. Pop quiz. Yeah. Oh, don't mean so, to put you on the spot. No, no, you're good. So, Basically, the way I try to describe it is the we've got the VAP, the RIP, and the V-Force. So VAP is our micro diameter, 166. The RIP is a 204 diameter. That's a small. It's like a 5 millimeter. Yeah. And then the V-Force is the standard diameter arrow. So that's that's kind of like the bread and butter. That's the main line. That's really what put us on the map. Mm-hmm. And then we came out with the VAP TKO, RIP TKO, and V-Force TKO which builds on that same line, same diameters for the most part. The ODs are a tiny bit different, but that has a 45 degree weave on it, which helps to reduce some of the torsional deflection from where the arrow shot. And then it also adds a little bit of hoop strength to the shaft with that weave. What's hoop strength? (laughs) Hoop strength is just essentially a fancy term for it makes it stronger. All right, perfect. All right. (laughs) I got that one. (laughs) Uh, So then we've got in the 204 diameter, we've actually also have the RIP XV for our extreme velocity, which mm-hmm. is like ice coating. They all, they've all got ice coating. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, that's just a nano ceramic uh, material that gets bonded to the outside of the carbon that helps with penetration and it makes it easier to pull them out of the target. Yeah, yeah I was just going to say, uh, you know, outside of helping going through the animal, uh, it helps you pull out of those 3D targets. That's the really nice part. Yeah, for sure. it's amazing. And it, it hangs on there. It doesn't just wear off. It's great. Right. Yeah. You can shoot them thousands of times. It yeah. doesn't come off. So then we've got also in the 204 diameter, we've also got the carbon trad, which is our, you know, traditional recurve arrow. It's got a real wood linen ply, uh, that's also infused to the carbon. So it looks exactly like wood, but it's actually a carbon core with a linen outer layer. And that's a super cool arrow. So the, the way we got that one was from uh, violin construction. They actually use this same process when they're making carbon violins. They use the, this linen layer to basically as an acoustic dampener uh, on the outer layer of the violins. And so we adapted that process for the arrows. Right. And that's where the carbon trad came from. Did you guys poach that from the mother company's like audio Side I don't of know house. where that came from. I think it actually might have been something one of our engineers just stumbled across. Oh, really? I don't know if that was a Mitsubishi thing. I'm not right. sure exactly what the origins don't, are. They they make uh, like musical instruments, right? The, Probably. I think yeah. they do. I, I, I wouldn't I, be. I mean, they make everything. Yeah, everything. I'm pretty sure they do. Yeah, I think yeah. I've seen it. You know. So, as far as our hunting line goes, um, and then obviously we talked about the extortion, right? And we've got, let me see if I'm forgetting anything there. I think, I think we covered it. And then we've got our X bolt voodoo bolt, and then an entire target line. 
that covers all the same diameters. We've got the 3D HV, uh, our VAP target arrow, which is really the same, just different label. Right. And it comes with different components. Um, we've got the, um, you know, standard V-force target shaft, and then we've got 23, 25, and 27 diameter arrows. Right. And that's one that we're actually going to be launching a new target series next year, the VTAC 23, 25, and 27. Right. And those feature the a 90 degree weave as well. And so those are super cool. Like they're going to be huge, huge in the indoor outdoor target world. That indoor and outdoor target shooting stuff. Like I, I only relate to like the hunter series, you know, like I I'm, I'm a hunter. I have a compound bow. I just want to shoot into 3d targets. You know, that's all I, but those guys are like insane with their, you know, their cheating peeps, <laughs> cheating sight glass, you know, all that. But anyways, those guys are screaming good shots. And, and that's where like the arrow tuning and, and customization of these arrows really come into play. Cause they're able to just be so consistent on another level than what I can do, you know? Yeah. You and me both. Yeah. I mean, and it, it's one of those things where I think I'm, I'm more in the same world as you of, as far as what I need my equipment to do. And I'm just not quite at that level, although I enjoy shooting it and competing and everything. Right. I just, I don't think I could really hang, but the beautiful thing is we try to make all of our arrows to adhere to that standard that your professional target shooter is going to want out of a shaft. And because it's the same thing that all hunters want, right? It's even though you might not be shooting at that level, you still want your equipment yeah. to be 100% the best it can be. Exactly. So there's zero doubt in your mind that it's the equipment yeah yep. because at the end of the day we all know it's the archer yeah yep. you know it's it's oh i'm shooting left now i'm <laughs> shooting right like i should move my side like no just just stop torquing your yeah. bow or stop moving or doing whatever you're doing yeah, yeah. or Throttle do, back. Just do something consistently exactly it's yeah like, just take a deep breath and just slow down you know and in i always i always want my equipment to be better than me right so i don't ever want to be able to outshoot my arrow Exactly. You know? And yeah. And you don't want that doubt. That's exactly. That's exactly. Too. Just that's knowing, exactly knowing at the end of the day, you're the one to blame. Right. And that, you know, you just got to keep shooting and keep working on it and everything. Exactly. So yeah. I think that was, I probably left out a couple arrows here and there, but I think that's pretty much our line. I, you, I mean, I couldn't tell you if you did or not. <laughs> I think it's great. I, I mean, man, you rattled off a whole bunch there. You know, the fact that you know the technology in this stuff and it, you're just a, it was great having you on the podcast. You know, we're able to get you on here and you explain some things, answer some questions. It, it's super cool. The listeners are totally going to eat this up, you know? Yeah. And I would say, uh, for anyone listening, if you have questions, um, you know, shoot them, shoot them over to, you know, any one of us and you can always call victory. You can email us, you can send us a message on Facebook, whatever, whatever's easy. Um, my email is Devin at victory, com. D E V I N or you can send one to marketing at victoryartree.com. Um, if you have pictures, you know, that of what you've hunted or target shooting or whatever it is and send that stuff to me cause I'm always looking for it. And you know, I'll, I'll try to put it in the catalog. If you have a great picture and you want us to use it, well, we would love to share it on social media. We'd love to try and use it if we could. Heck yeah, yeah, for sure. And also send the story behind it because man, it's, it's about the story behind the equipment. Uh, and, Really, that's what kind of we're about here is figuring out the stories and then getting them, getting them to the people who can learn the most from them. And, you know, 
regardless of what gear you're using, get out there and practice because there's no replacement for practice and figuring out how you are as a shooter. But, you know, after talking with Devin and, uh, you know, shooting victory products for, you know, the better part of two years now, it's, you know, it's one of those things that I practice day in and day out with them. And, you know, when there is an issue, it's me, you know, or it's my boneheadedness and, um, it's the loose nut behind the, behind the tool that is, uh, giving me problems. But, uh, Devin, you want to, um, do you want to give a shout out to your own personal Instagram or do you want to just uh, give victories Instagram or Twitter or anything else like that you want to pump? Yeah, sure. So, um, victory is, we're just victory archery and victory underscore archery. And, um, I'd recently just changed my Instagram name to chef boy OD. Oh, there you <laughs> oh, go. My yeah. last name is OD and yeah. I've gotten all into cooking with the wild game. Yeah. Uh, Ooh, there you go. So, and I did, a I did a backcountry hunters and anglers wild game cook off last year. So that's an organization that we sponsor and we did a private label arrow for them. So that's, that's been a really fun project. Yeah. That's super cool. They're cool guys. Check them out. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, they, they do that every year at the rendezvous. So I'm going to try and throw down again next year. We didn't win, but next year we're going to come back with a vengeance. Yeah. Practice, practice, practice. It's yeah, that exactly. competition time that gives you the, uh, the understanding of where you're at. You yeah. Know? Just need to harvest some good California oh, wild yeah. game in order to be able to represent. Yeah, for sure. And speaking of, uh, California hunting and uh, California shooting, if you are looking to, uh, shoot with one of us, Hey, uh, keep an eye out for some of the shoots that are coming up or, uh, we'll post them on our Instagram. Um, Devin is one of the guys who will show up to the shoots and be there. Cause he was out there with the uh, season opener, that was put on by uh, SD Muley, and it was great. Love that shoot. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. It was fantastic. Yeah, Travis did a great job with that one, and I, I try to do as many of the local shoots as I can because it's there's no better way to get ready for hunting season. I mean, exactly. during hunting season, you probably tough. won't see me out there. Yeah, it's tough. Because I want to be up in a tree, but yeah, during you know the rest of the year, um, Bear State Bow Hunters puts on great shoots mm-hmm. at Henshaw, um, San Diego Archers, and I mean, there's so many, there's so many up and down in the state. Those are just the ones that are closest to me. Absolutely. And, uh, San Diego muley shoots are always a challenge. Yeah. And it's Insane. a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Great shoot. Uh, and then one more question. I think Tony from hunt shoot drag would kill us if we didn't ask you this. What is your favorite piece of hunting gear in your backpack? Well, that's a great question. <laughs> he totally would ask you that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <I> know. <laughs> my favorite piece of gear in your bag in the bag yeah yeah in the bag does the bino i mean does my glass count yeah it counts because that's gonna be yeah that's gonna be what i'm like you know i I won't go anywhere without that even when i can't hunt right i I will take the take it the glass with me and i've got a couple different you know i've got some 10 buys and i've got some 18s that i bought a couple years ago that i'm really enjoying Uh, what manufacturing model Vortex. Vortex, okay. Yeah, they, sure. g- they give a good industry discount. Yeah. So um, I've, I've also got, well, I've got Vortex that I just bought, but I've also got Stierkas. Okay. And uh, I actually ran those over with my truck. Oh, my On God. accident? On accident. Okay. I left my hunting bag Oof. behind the truck, just one of those like, Oops. man, yeah. I haven't seen anything. I'm yeah. never going to kill a deer. Oh, I'm just bumming. Yeah, this sucks. And so I just wasn't thinking and uh, being a grouch or whatever. Just And uh, I left my bag behind the truck tire and I backed up and I got like three quarters way over the backpack and realized what was happening. I was oh. like, Oh, and so I, you know, drove forward and I realized all the stuff that was in there and I was so bummed. And then I brought out the binos and I'm looking them head to toe and I'm still using the same ones. I was like two years ago. They're 
fine solid yeah solid but not that's nice. good to hear yeah. man nice. perfect that's what we love to hear is like yeah. gear that works regardless yep. of like like i said the loose nut behind the yeah. behind the tool and you know it's just man it's awesome to to have you on and we just want to say thank you thank you so much yeah, for man. for having us out here and Thanks, sponsoring buddy. the uh, podcast because you know hey you, you're taking a chance on us and you know it's just one of those things where it's it's finally great to be here and see what you guys are all about and, and get our listeners into it because it's not just, you know, smoking the or drinking the Kool-Aid. It's, you know, it's something that we stand behind just like, just like you guys should. And, you know, you practice with what you can and you, of course, it's, you know, the, the end user who will make or, or break a, you know, a decision whether to use something. If you don't have confidence in something, you're not going to use it. Yep. And whatever your story might be, you know, that's fine. You can have your story. But with Brennan and I's story, we're just two d- down-to-earth dudes who, you know, we 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 just have a little bit of money to spend, and we spend it on the things that work for us. And, yep. yeah, Victory is just kind of never kind of the guys that have, yeah, never let us down. That's it. Even yeah. me shooting some questionable arrows Listen, <laughs> they, they never let us down and um i'll shoot them from here on out you know i mean i've been shooting them forever and, and i'm going to continue shooting them and, and Devin, like patrick said man we're super happy that you you came on the podcast and we're able to get down here and collaborate a little bit together and get the questions answered and, and do our thing you know hell yeah man well i mean again you guys are above and beyond by far the most legit best prepared best technology mics everything set up podcast so it's it's awesome i really appreciate you guys coming up to victory and um you know don't don't shoot too many questionable arrows there <laughs> yeah we'll uh we'll have to have the sponsors get you guys fitted out because nobody wants a carbon arrow through the hand yeah everybody <laughs> everybody check your arrows yeah exactly do not shoot them if yeah. they're they're even remotely questionable yeah, i'm man. gonna say that one oh, well, a couple times just because that that's a game that's a game changer so absolutely it's not worth it yeah it's like picking up a, a piece of unshot brass at at the range and being like hmm, let me load this real quick yeah, yep. yeah. exactly but don't don't do it <laughs> yeah exactly it's just me being stupid and uh having one of those kind of decisions where it's it's me not thinking and you know i know the i know the standard of the product but i'm just kind of taking You're taking taking, f- taking fate into my own hands yeah so don't yep. do it yeah, exactly. Well, listen, guys, if you guys are looking for a new set of arrows, make sure you uh, give Devin a call down here at, at Victory Archery, and, and I'm sure he can get you set up nice. Okay, guys? Yeah, and check out your local dealer. We're, we're one of the few companies that doesn't sell direct. So. Oh, there yeah, you go. Yeah, true. make sure yep. you check out your your local dealer. Yeah, because, yeah, Brandon, you should know this by now. <laughs> um, but anyways, guys, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening. Uh, once again, I hope you guys enjoyed it, and if you have any questions, make sure you forward them to either Brandon, Devin, or I, and we'll go ahead and get them to the right places. And I guess I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast because it was really special making it. But anyways, Brandon, that's another one. Appreciate it. Thanks, bro. Thanks, guys. <laughs> that's it. <laughs>